I am unashamed. What about you? We were talking about, we were talking about Christine on uh, the uh, Duck Call Room podcast has been a big favorite. And one of the things that Jay's loved about it was that Christine was size fact checker. Well, in our case, on Unashamed, that's why we bring Missy in as the Jay's fact checker. So, Missy, welcome back to Unashamed. We're glad to have you here. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually going to confess that I haven't watched. I've never watched, but I haven't listened in a long time because I just can't handle it. Can't handle it anymore. Well, this is good to have support from your own family. Starting well, (laughs) because you hear so many inaccurate stories. I'm like, I don't know when, where, or who that happened to, but it wasn't about us. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, never watched. (laughs) Here's what you got to remember. Uh, and this is what I get every time I question him right here. This speech he's about to give. Oh, right. Go ahead, come on. Come Go on, on lay the speech. <laughs> Let's hear. I'm this really speech. enjoying this. I think we need Missy as a part of the permanent cast. Oh, I do too. This is it's good. The, it's the she, Jay squirms every time. When something here. is based on a true story, oh and you're dealing with older or aging men, <laughs> there Missy, is. You remember the years. <laughs> You remember the years we were just getting the. Get I was used hearing, to that. Missy, I was just hearing little bits and pieces of it. But when Chase was courting you, uh, there seemed to have been a, a pretty good stance among your family group, your dad and mother, like, don't do it. Don't mess with that old guy. <laughs> what I was going to say before I was interrupted. <laughs> Is the margin of error becomes greater. You ever thought about that phrase, margin of error? Why do they do that in polling? Why do they do it? But, but polling is, what is it, 2 to 4% margin That's, of error? I think I have a storytelling margin of error of 2 to 4%. I'm going to plead the fifth on that. <laughs> you, th- you put that number a little higher. It's like Sai saying that. Five percent of his stories are like ninety-five percent true. Well, yeah, but you got to remember, size telling stories that are beyond the atomic and molecular structure of our Earth. It defies <laughs> laws of nature, and I mean, when you start getting to going down that road, you're no longer. Are you saying you couldn't run fast enough for your tennis shoes to catch on fire? Is that what you're saying? Thank you. Well, what's funny <laughs> is that Christine during the episode, which it was funny. I mean, it was hilarious. She would just. She didn't seem to to have any animosity toward him. She would just say, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just little things. He said, you know, we found out Christine was pregnant because she was sick. And, you know, we had eaten a big pot of spaghetti that night. And she went, tacos. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way it was. was The powers that be when they asked me, well, what, what about your brother? What's your take on him, Si? I said, just hyper blowing smoke. And they said, no, you missed it, Miss Robinson. It's called talent. So I thought, yeah. talent? I said, I never thought about that as being talent for my little brother, but that's what they informed he, me. He is well-loved by America. Mm, that's but he really wasn't as extreme until he, start, the, he started getting payments, checks yeah. in the mail right. for being in front of a camera. And then he just went crazy, yeah, like crazier than normal. What most thing people that... don't realize is he acts the same way when he's not being filmed. It's like well, the camera's yeah. on him all the time. Right. I said, Si, you're not on camera. Go ahead and just. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that worries me about it is that Si is your uncle and you're named after him. And yep. you kind of have that tendency. But what com- <laughs> what could what could calm what could what could calm down it? Be sad, but he has sad tendencies. What is the tendency? Is it the, insanity? The two to four percent margin of error. But well, you don't then, agree with that. Add in the fact that another gene pool from your mom is also in your bloodstream. Oh, man. What does that mean? That means your 60% mom, exaggeration on every story told. Your mom and side do not share the same blood. So they, you've come from both of those bloodlines. So that's that's a little. It's like yesterday. We're going to name him. You. <laughs> Miss Kay's having that baby. Where are you going to name him? I'm out in the river baiting a trot line. 
I turned around. I said, I don't care. Name him after you. He did. He took off and he did. Most people are thinking, why didn't you leave? You know? Yeah, he was too busy. (laughs) Disturbing. Well, uh, (laughs) is this how it's going to go? This is pretty much the whole podcast. We've only got 43 more minutes of this. Yeah. Uh, So I was. I was going to mention, Zach, that uh, as y'all were talking before we came on camera about, uh, was it, who was Layla at your house? Who was at your house? Oh, yeah. Yeah, last night, um, which she's always welcome. I just, she's like Forrest Gump. She just shows up, like, everywhere. And so she texts well, me, like. That's not just her. That's all the Dasher kids. <laughs> well, Mia's a lot like that, too, because I think Mia's shown up at the Dasher's house quite a few times, too, um, in North Carolina. With COVID. With COVID. <laughs> Wait, she brought what? COVID to the Dasher family. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Mia did. That's the gift yeah. that keeps on giving. Zach. I hadn't even heard these stories. But li- last night I saw Mia. I hadn't seen her in a week because she's been in Washington, D.C., I was like, hey, how are you? Well, then I turned around. There was two two of her friends there. So that one of them had been in Alaska, and I was talking. Well, then I just, like, I didn't see Layla come in. I just turned around. I was like, what are you doing here? I mean. Well, Layla came down from Mia's bed because she came over, and she just said she's in town. Aunt Missy, I'm in town. Can I come spend the night? I was like, sure. So um, I texted Mia and said, be quiet when you come in because Layla's going to be in your bed. And she said, Move her to Karina's room. I'm tired. <laughs> so I had to go up there, tell Layla to move over to Karina's room because Mia's going to come in Speaking of late. genetics, <laughs> speaking of genetic influence, yeah. She's well, definitely Robertson. weird, though, if sure. you walked into your room and there's somebody in your bed when there was another bed right down the way, you would well, say, Well, but they're hey. close, and Layla wanted to sleep they're with They're close. Mia. They're family. And then you Layla can, said, that's probably serve. good because I have to leave at 6 a.m. So this morning I heard the door shut. So I heard she it, had left, so. Tell her when she leaves and everyone's asleep, you can shut the door quietly. I heard a wham. I was like, well, let me get up. <laughs> and look, so we 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 were going to Europe. And so we get home and I, I find something of Bear Dashers in almost every room in my house. Oh. So I said, well, I guess Bear was here at some point while I was gone. Because now the strange thing was for the first time ever, I didn't find anything broken in my house because usually... When the some of the dashers come through, I'll find little knickknacks and stuff. Like they'll be put back like they're together and you reach to grab it and it just falls into six pieces. It's like, have the dashers been here? Because that's I, think, I think the term is I think the term is you you got dashered. That's that's the <laughs> term that, that all of our friends exactly use. What it is. You got well dashered. what Gordon used to say is he, he had to bear proof his house. Yeah. So I remember yeah, that. Bear. What do you that's think? Interesting. Zach, when you name a kid Bear, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, that's something. I that love deal. Bear. I'm that sorry. I, oh, I I'm love a Bear. bear fan. I'm just saying, don't when you name. It's like one of my friends named Bull, and he acts like a bull. And I'm people are like, man, I can't believe he did that. It's like his name is Bull. What do you think he was going to do? He's going to try to run through the wall at every chance. I always name tell Bear, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, and he is. So Zach, yesterday he you is. appreciate this. I was talking to his Bible teacher from camp last week and uh i said what about how well how was i having a dasher in your house he said oh man i'll tell you what he said they they got they were discussing the resurrection and so some of the kids in the in the cabin were saying yeah well you know it's not a it's not a physical resurrection it's a spiritual resurrection and i mean here goes bear no it's the body i mean it's coming out of the ground he goes into his whole deal so the bible teacher is listening he's just listening to the debate and then finally he said well let's see what the bible says about it. so he goes over to read first corinthians 15 you know and he said it the body is sown in dishonor it the body and, and he said bear looks up and said so i was right <laughs> i said now that's a dasher he was full board on it but he wasn't really sure whether he was right or not but you uh, that happened in the last podcast i mean seeming Zach and I were arguing the whole time. We get behind the paywall for you who are not paying, and then Zach said, "Yeah, basically, I agree with Jace." Like, y'all love to argue. I'm not sure that's a Dasher thing. That's a Robertson trade. I'm not big big at arguing. I just I like to listen. But it it is a common complaint on the podcast that they say Jace and Zach are arguing 
but they're but they're not talking about they're saying the same thing, but they just like to argue, which there may be some truth to that. You ought yeah. to hear it because Jace has Zach on speaker a lot at the house whenever you call Zach. So I hear all this live too. This is not just on the podcast. This is live. Look, your sister Melissa and Jace would wake me up in the middle of the night because she lived with us arguing, arguing like we voices were, we were, were escalating. Argue, arguing yes. sounds. We weren't arguing. I think you deem that. All I know is when I'm woken up and there's a baby down the hall, I open the door and I'm like, y'all need to take it down or whoever wakes up that baby is going to feed that baby. That's called passionate <laughs> discussions. <laughs> well, exactly just how you learn. you know. And the audience may not know this. So I'll give you a little bit of inside workings of our brain trust here. So Zach is the unique person in our family. He's our first cousin, obviously, but he has business dealings with all of us in a different arena. And he's the common denominator. I mean, he and I are partners with the, in a company. He does stuff for dad. He and Jace do stuff with you guys in your show. And then he does stuff with Missy and, I mean, uh, with uh, Will and Corey. So, Zach, you're, you're kind of the chameleon. You're the man who can get things done. But it's interesting because you, you kind of work with us all at individual level. How would you describe that, working with Simone Robertson? I don't know. It, it's a weird. I don't know. I've, I've asked myself that question. How do I? How did I end up in that position? <laughs> yeah, I don't know weird. because I do argue a lot. I mean, mainly with Willie and Jace. I mean, like that. Those two relationships are like had this historical. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think I get along with the. I have an opinion on it. My opinion is that because of what happened with the rise in in fame, our circle gets really small because we can't trust a whole lot of people and we've learned that in the last 10 years and zach is very trustworthy he might drive us all crazy at some points (laughs) but he is very trustworthy he is kingdom focused he is god-centered and he loves our family and so that's why you're dealing with all of us at the same time that's very moment and that's why we have missy on this podcast (laughs) my favorite moment is me and zach we were arguing at this time, my voices were raised. He was getting upset. I was a little angry. We were arguing. I forgot what we were arguing about. But, uh, and he just hung up on me. I was like, what? <laughs> Are we back in junior? <laughs> I think you've done that to him, too. Am I well, right about were, that, Zach? Y'all were trained. I mean, this wasn't years ago, Phil. This was like yeah. a few weeks ago. <laughs> Going back to your training, the training, the word was, if you want to make a point and you want to raise your voice, that's in. If you want to elevate your voices, that's fine. I said, but always remember, if it comes to blows... If you come, if it comes to blows, that's well, when I step in. Well, we didn't, I said we didn't, I won't step in. Make a blows. point. You raise your voice. Fine, no problem. But but it must not come to blows. So we can't yeah. come to blows. That's <laughs> well, still our line. Here's what's funny. And so he hangs up on me. Three or four days later, it turned out in this case that I happened to be right. Oh boy! Uh, oh, of course it did. He calls and he's like, "Well, you were right on that," and just went on like. <laughs> I like, well, like hang never I wanted to linger there. <laughs> <laughs> that may be, hey, Missy, that might be one of those uh, embellished stories. Oh, here we go. I think is that in I a 2%, 2 to 4% there. margin of error? Is that what you're saying, Zach? Oh, goodness. Uh, and let's don't well, forget. My dad, always, my dad always says that with the, with the Robertson, he said if, if you debate them, they'll never admit that you were right. What they'll do is they'll come back three months later and take your idea and call it their own. Hey, you know what I figured out? No, I told him that. I think that's. I I told him that. He was like, really? And then he saw it happen and he's like, yeah. I was like, you're never going to win an argument. So see, this is, this is Jace's idea. See, just this exact statement. This was your idea. You just You know where I get this from? Do you know who, who invented wearing a white t-shirt and rolling things up to your shoulder? Um, happy days. Phil Robertson. Yeah, I was thinking Fonzie. <laughs> he told me that. He told me that when I was a kid. <laughs> he came in. I was a kid. I was still wearing the, the white t-shirt. And, uh, he had some snuff or something rolled up in his shirt, and I was like, "Huh, that's pretty clever." And he's like, "I invented this." <laughs> <laughs> and just think that now the only thing rolled up in there is your bicep. You know, so you that's... never know all these little nuggets. 
that are introduced in young lives. Well, you as a kid, I remember what I thought. My dad invented the roll-up t-shirt. The roll-up white t-shirt. Because <laughs> so, then I went to school and told my friends, oh, gosh. like when you see happy days or yeah. other things. That was my dad. My dad invented that concept. <laughs> I, I did share that at school. Well, maybe we've undercut dad's embellishment into this whole conversation. Uh, let's, let's take a break. Missy, did you know that two out of three guys experience hair loss before they're 35? I have not personally seen that in this family, <laughs> so I cannot attest to that. We do think that. it's kind of funny that our oldest and longest-running sponsor is a company called Keeps, and we're the hairiest people you've ever met. Uh, but a lot of guys out there, two out of three, uh, lose their hair before they're 35. And so we want to try to help flip those odds to save as much hair as possible. And that's what Keeps does. They're a clinically proven, FDA-approved hair treatment. It's available online. So you now have to go to a pharmacy in a waiting room somewhere. They've got a physician online that's going to make sure the product is safe for you. Um, and it's about half the cost, and it comes straight to your house. So if you have any questions, you can message your Keeps doctor 24-7. So if you're having some issues and losing that hair, go to Keeps.com. You're going to get 50% off your first order, which is a great deal. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. That's Keeps.com slash door. Well, before we leave the subject, I do want to say that one of the best quality that Zach brought into all of our family was that he married Jill. So she's 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 a great part I think of the I'd equation. rephrase that that she <clears throat> somehow or another found it in her heart to agree and go along with <laughs> to that. marry Zach. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. All right, so Missy, we got you on the show. I want to because we've been telling some stories, but I want to hear. I wouldn't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we want to hear kind of what's going on. So Jace mentioned, um, I think a couple of podcasts ago, uh, about Karina graduating. And I know that's been a big deal. So tell, tell the audience a little bit about. So she in DC now? She's in DC. So, so Mia was there for a week. She had won a contest, which actually was pretty, um, I think it's very honorable for her to do it, but she wrote a history essay in an English class and there were two winners per state and she was one of the winners when she was in the 10th grade and that was right before COVID hit. And when the the winners get an all expense paid um, week in Washington, D.C., where they have to wear kind of business casual clothes and they tour the Capitol and they get to speak to Congress and all of these different things. And so she finally got to go this year. Well, it happened to be piggybacked right before Karina was moving into her new apartment and starting her new job. And so we kind of made a girls weekend out of it. So we moved Karina in to an apartment in Arlington, Virginia, actually is a little bit safer neighborhood than Washington, D.C. And she works in in D.C. So we had to figure all that out and she doesn't drive. She, we've kind of laughed about that. I said, Sweetheart, you can't even drive a Target cart. So don't even, and we've, she knows it. I'm like, you do not know what shopping cart etiquette is. Did this seem to be a conservative group that she's working for? I have no idea. It's a large economics firm. That's the scary part. It's scary, but. It's like a, uh, like a math analytical or I guess a mathematical analyst. Or analyst, yes. Yeah. I don't even know what Which that means. Which means she's really smart. That's what it means. She she well, got a double major in math and economics with a minor in statistics and data sciences. Yeah, she's into numbers and crunch. You yeah. know, when you say, I'm going to take this back and crunch the numbers, that means you give it to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number cruncher. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, when you think about it, I mean, here's an orphan girl from Nicaragua. I know we've told the story before, but still, I mean, she gets a scholarship via the Internet to go to high school in Germany because she's in a third world country. Is all this story true so far? (laughs) So she feel free to correct. She gets, you know, uh, her grandma raised her up until she was a teenager and then her grandma died. And so now she's she has nobody. I mean, there was a family uh, from the church that 
just did what they could. Her pastor uh, was her mentor. Yeah. Yeah. And then we knew him. Yes, because a statement. Of one yes. Kingdom, right? So mm-hmm. she's coming through. We get some false information about she needs some help because they, they described her as, I think, a 24 year old. Well, it was or, Ben, Ben and Melissa. Ben said, uh, Here we go. Yeah. So Ben calls me and says, We're moving or we would, where we would keep her. But, you know, because of the unrest of what happened in 2018 in Nicaragua, she can't get back in her country. That's a whole other story. But she needs like a month somewhere to live in the States. She was in between high school in Germany right. and college and she had in, gotten her, in Minnesota. Right. She had gotten her scholarship to a college in Minnesota. And so she just needed somewhere to crash. But Ben said she's 24. She, you've met her before. She translated for you in the Dominican a few times. I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll recognize her when I see her. And in walks this tiny little girl that I've never seen before. And she I was, was like, like 16. She was 18 because she graduated high school. I don't think that's right. She was younger. Than <laughs> Here we go. All right. 16 to 18. We'll agree to disagree. She's that's 22 about two. right now. So minus four is 18. The last I can do that math. So at You crushed 18, that quite well. Thank you. So she was 18, came in, and I was like, I just don't recognize her at all. So, um, the, but. But the more we started talking and learning, Ben had this complete. I had stuck her out there in the guest house by herself. She was yeah. scared to death all night, couldn't sleep, cried. Can and you I imagine just, coming to Louisiana? No. You know, you've never been to America, and you see me, you know, <laughs> here around the corner, <laughs> and uh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and she, at that time, she knew the English language, but didn't oh, know no. Louisiana language. Because I realized something in only a, in less than a month. I realized that ninety percent of what I say or said to her was an idiom, <laughs> which means she don't understand what I'm saying. I mean, everything I would say. I mean, I've gotten better at doing that around her now because she's and she's like, learned. She's learned a lot of them because I'll say something. I go, "Oh, that's an idiom." She says, "I know what that means." Yeah. So she's she's learned a lot. I didn't realize how much we spoke in those phrases. But we, once we got to know her story, we moved her in the house. <laughs> like, you don't need to be out there by yourself. And she just became our family. And I, I'm going to say the last night, Mia and I just left her there this past weekend because we had we got her in our hotel. We just kind of had a fun weekend. We were helping get her apartment you know, just started really mattress and some thrift things and some groceries. Well, you skipped the part. And she graduates college and then graduates college a job. and gets this yeah. job in DC. Yeah. So, but um, the last night we were there, it was really emotional. Like she, she was really emotional, and she was a little apprehensive and scared. And I thought she's lived for four years off and on in a northern state, which is very different from Louisiana, very different culturally. Um, and she's she did well. I mean, I didn't realize how different until I went and spent that weekend during her graduation, how different northern people are from us. They just are. Yeah. And so she did really, really well. And I have no I, I have no question that she's going to do well in this job because she's a hard worker obviously, uh, and she does things well. And so she was just really sad. And at dinner that night, she just had a little speech for Mia and me, and it brought tears to my eyes. She cried. She was just so grateful. She said, I know now that you're my family and that if anything happens to me, you'll be there for me. I can depend on you and I can lean on you. And you don't know what that means to me because I don't have anyone else. And I was like, oh, boy, like that was really emotional. And then she just cried and cried and cried when she got in the Uber to go back to her apartment. You know, and I thought this is not goodbye forever. We'll see you, you know. But she also knows it's limited now because it's a big, scary world. too. It is. And and, I mean, look at her life. You know, just you talk about some courage. I mean, she's she's helped us way more. We've helped her because she's real particular about not wanting to you know, take anything unless she feels like she earned it or worked or did something. It's just she's a woman of high character. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, she doesn't make sense in our world because she, you know, when you say two plus two equals four, I mean, she just, she came from nothing. She had nothing. But I'm like, don't ever underestimate the power of a relationship with God Mm -hmm. because that's the one thing she did have. And they, you know, this family, her pastor, I mean, they, they poured Jesus into her, yep. and that was the strength she relied on. And, uh, I mean, it's just a pretty incredible story. Mm-hmm. I mean, which 
I, the one thing I helped her with, because she, she did a few interviews and she didn't get hired, and I was like, what are you saying to these people? when Because I thought, why, why wouldn't she get hired? I mean, this this, this girl is, is she talking about inspiration. Well, when she went through the process, she was not telling her personal, anything personal. Yeah. And because uh, she didn't want to brag on herself. She's or, very guarded yeah, in uh, her life. I said, let me tell you this. <laughs> I said, when they ask you the question, I said, you you need to tell your story. It it's it's incredible. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but I don't. I'm not sure I want to do that. But anyway, long story short, she went and wrote it down. We read it, got teary eyed about. I mean, it's awesome. And because it's basically like you've had you everything that's happened in your life has been a reason to quit. But you haven't. But you're still. You, like, you, you tell this there. person interview, and I mean, like, I'm not sure what you want me to do, but I guarantee you, I'm not going to quit. And, yeah. and here's why. And so, so we convinced her, or maybe I did. I was real passionate about it. I was like, I know you don't feel comfortable about it, and you feel like you're bragging on yourself or whatever. I was like, but in America, we that people love these stories, right. and you want people working for you who are like this. So she went in and did it. When they said, tell us about yourself, she just told it. Hired. <laughs> yeah. Because that was the difference. I was like, yeah. people, your character matters. That's right. And when you have something sensational, like, I mean, I mean, what, you, what kind of high school kid goes off to another country and goes to high school by themselves? Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? I just can't imagine. So, I mean, I wanted to tell that story because I think that's what kind of made it. She realized, you know what, this is who I am. And I'm, I'm not trying to use it for anything other than I'm just, this is, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. But you know, all these good characteristics I have, you know, they came from, from God in this journey and I'm going to use that to be successful in whatever I do. Well, when we got back to the hotel room after putting her in the car, I mean, she literally, it was like a movie. It was like a little child was being taken away from their parents. She was just hanging on to our eyes, eyes to eye. As we were standing in the hotel and the Uber was driving away, it was like until she could see us no more. And I was like, I looked at me, I was like, that was brutal. (laughs) I was like, I know. So we went back upstairs and I just sent a group text to all the members of our family and just said, please text her something funny, something encouraging, something sweet. And I think everybody did. And so it made her feel Well, the good thing is, let's take a break. So all you got to do is uh, watch the news these days and find out that uh, free speech, religious liberty, even our Second Amendment, uh, all of our constitutional rights are sometimes under attack from different people. Uh, So one of the reasons we support the great company Patriot Mobile and they support our podcast is uh, they build themselves as America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. So they're one of the few companies that are fighting back sort of in the culture war that's going on. Uh, So we want you to check these guys out. They've got a plan that fits any budget. Uh, They have a great U.S. customer support team that's going to provide excellent customer service. They share your values. They support organizations that fight for the things that we fight for. And one of the things we love about them is they have a real heart for veterans and first responders, and so they get even better deals. So if you're interested in making the switch, go to patriotmobile.com slash fill. Or you can call 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get a free activation code with the offer code FEEL. And remember, veterans and first responders are going to save even more. So check them out, patriotmobile.com slash FEEL, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's patriotmobile.com slash FEEL, 972-PATRIOT. The good thing is, because of all of our business stuff, uh, especially Lisa and I, we're in D.C. at least once a year. So I'm excited now that we'll be able to look her up that and have some great. time when we're together because mm-hmm. I think we're going next month. Um, well, I wanted to shift gears because last time you were on the podcast, <clears throat> you told us the story about the, the baby that you guys have been taking care of and a little bit about the, the back stance of that. So I know our audience has been curious. James brings it up every once in a while, but uh, just kind of how that's going. Um, what's it like being – um, plus, I don't even know what plus to call 50 it. and I have no having idea a baby. What to call it. <clears throat> it's exhausting. Zach can weigh in on this as well. It's exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting, emotional, volatile. Yeah. Um, the situation 
is still the same, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in his life. It's still the same, which is just the unknown. But but he doesn't know that. All he knows is comfort and security and a schedule. And when it's time to eat, he has a bottle. And when it's time to nap, he has somewhere to, to sleep. And he is loved and played with and entertained probably more than any normal baby <laughs> because so many people love him and um well now jeff and jessica moved back into our neighborhood so you got yeah so silla that's yeah. that's how i'm able to be here right now silla is there silla yeah. is just a gift you gotta have <laughs> a good babysitter that i'm is, telling you i was key. like when are y'all moving back because i need silla so i can stay sane it's funny it's funny though that one of the big um complaints i've been reading about in the blogosphere, blogosphere about you know, the Roe v. Wade decision, um, and, and everyone's like, oh, the church needs to step up now, you know, and, take, and, and participate in orphan care. And it's just funny, like, my experience has been, like, I look at what you guys are doing, I look at our church, and and uh, we have a small church, and we were, me and Jill were adding up the other day, and almost half of our church is in some way involved in, in orphan care. And I, it's like, it's funny that people are like chastise the church. I mean, the, like there's couples that are lined up waiting yes. to adopt and there's couples that are stepping into this space. I mean, it's, it really is encouraging. I, I, I would, I would encourage our audience if, if you hear that and you think, man, the church isn't doing their part. I, I just, I don't know if my experience is, I disagree with that. I think the church is ready to stand in the gap in this I agree. area. If there were more babies available there would be more holes in people's hearts to be filled because there, there. I get a text. He's he's four and a half months old. I have gotten a text or two every week from someone that says, um, "My children are not able to have babies. Is can they adopt him?" Or my friend, I haven't. I know of a. I know of a really good family. They're they're trying to help me, and they're also trying to help their friends and their family members. But God is in control of this, and that's what I keep being told to me, and keep telling myself, and praying about it because I'm a planner. I want all. I want everything. I'm, I want in in my control, you know, because that's what I feel like is necessary, and it makes me feel better about everything. But this is just another one of those experiences and circumstances where God knocks on my heart and says, "I'm in control. Yeah. You have to 100 percent." rely on me and I'm going to take care of this situation. Well, and I, I appreciate Zach bringing up the, you know, on the pro-life side, because, you know, we talk about that a lot on the podcast is we all have different roles to play in this sort of cultural war that's going on about abortion. And obviously Roe v. Wade decision has now opened up, you know, a lot of people to talk about it again. Lisa and I are more on the front end of helping women make decision not to abort their babies. You guys are more on the back end of when, if they say yes, what do we do then? And so I think everybody can play a role across the spectrum. We have a large audience. So, you know, we have different gifts and abilities, just like we do in the church to do different things, but we have to be engaged in, in some way, uh, I think in this whole, you know, cultural deal that's going on. So I just, I, I, I applaud you guys too, Zach and Jill and what you guys have done, Jason, Missy, and, he, and others in our family, you know, in terms of we have a lot of adopted children and a lot of kids like Karina or Rebecca that weren't really adopted, but they're part of our family, mm -hmm. you know, which is a neat thing. Would you say, they Jason, the United Nations? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> they were just grafted in. Yes. But uh, Well, I thought about that last uh, podcast when we were talking about, you know, uh, moving on from the milk. and But, you know, he made it because I, you know, I'm around the baby a lot now, but I, I thought about that when he said anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. And it just made me think about him. I mean, he's oblivious with the outside world and right and wrong and what's led to this. And he's just, it, it makes me think of that James one <clears throat> that says uh, every good and perfect gift is from above. Of course, then right after that, he 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 makes that same reference about giving us the ability to be born again. Right. And uh, you know, a lot of the study in, in John one is that. So it's been encouraging to me just to, you know, when you see life, I mean when you see a baby from a distance, you're like, Oh, cool, but you know, when you're living that process it brings up all those old memories that we had when we had our kids. 
Because you you don't realize how much you've forgotten. Speaking of you know embellishing stories and remembering, because I'm like, oh well, I remember that. I remember this. I remember this. And uh, but then you're just seeing this little life that all the little details that just immediately takes you back to the designer. And I mean, I'm looking at his toes, and I'm like, well, this boy's got long toes. And yeah, but you're just looking at all the details of life in a mm. in a real way. It's kind of sobering and and. You're you're grateful. So I took him to the doctor yesterday, and and the doctor was just asking me a lot, just for his normal checkup. He's he's well. He's been healthy this whole time, and and thankfully, because she was saying some things, I'm like, I just have forgotten so much, you know, since my kids were little, and but thankfully, Brighton is Maris is two and a half months ahead of us, and so I'm looking now at my children to help guide me with this baby. Which yeah. is a strange circumstance, really. That's right. But, yeah, it is. I but Brighton and I have communicated still a lot about what Maris is doing because I want to see. So how and is then, grandfather and mother? And yeah, I was going to well, ask. That's you. what I'm saying. We're in a weird situation <laughs> where I'm like, call Brighton and see. You know, it, it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. It's like when we the last time we were there, we both had babies. Yeah, and, uh, Brighton had like, one on each hip at one point because I was busy with somebody outside, and and the our baby had woken up from his nap, and I walked in, and Brighton had one on each in one in one in each arm, and Maris is not small. I've been saying so, she's, so, she's a whopper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hang on, let's so. take let's take another break. I mean, I do think it's awkward because we're supposed to be grandparents now, and but like I say, I mean, there's there's enough love though. Well, there there's a responsibility as humans. I mean, going back to what Zach says, you can't go around and talk about the sanctity of life and not, you know, when you have have situations knock on your door. It wasn't like we went out and sought out this situation. It literally knocked on our door. Mm -hmm. I I think you just. You have to step up. Well, I'm very grateful because, and along with y'all too, Zach and Jill have a community of support around you because when we were on vacation, you know, we we were with y'all, Zach, Zach, and he had a crew there and they're fostering another baby as well. And so she wasn't with them and we were able to leave our little baby at home with wonderful support systems so that we can spend that quality time with our family. And so it's a sacrifice, but yet I'm so grateful for our community because then I can say, I really need some one-on-one time with my grandbaby without, without another baby, you know? And so, um, and I don't have to feel guilty about that because there's so many that love him, um, and want him. And so, um, I think we're very, very blessed. And so is he. That's a way, and that's a way to participate in the care. That's I, I love that because not and I, not everybody's called or equipped to to foster. Um, and and I, honestly, I don't even know if you know everyone's equipped to do it. Like I may be equipped in one season of life, mm. but maybe not the next. Like I, I, if you if you come back to me in about three years and say you want to do that, I, I don't know. I'm, I, this might be well, our, Zach. Uh, if you would have asked me, I, if you. I, I would have picked this season of my life as the one that I no he, he, no heck no yeah. we can't do this right now because I'm glad you said heck, I, I was going to say where she was going I thought Betsy's getting real with it today have you heard me ever say anything else before? <laughs> no but that's the first she time she had to drop the H bomb <laughs> so she had a two a four percent chance to Two say to four percent chance you that you're going to tell somebody that I did say that. You did give me a card for our anniversary this year that was interesting. <laughs> oh my goodness! First came marriage, and let's say you was that squirrel. What, what, what? No, you gave me a card. <laughs> anyway. You gave me a card for our anniversary. Okay, we're talking about this now. First first came kiss, uh, then came marriage, and then you opened the card up, yeah. and it said, and all heck broke loose. But <laughs> <laughs> didn't say heck. <laughs> she didn't give me that so card. So I haven't said it, but I bought a card that had it in I it. know, so I thought it was, it was funny. funny. But because that's really true, what happened? But, but if somebody... If somebody okay, moving on, is, <laughs> I'm gonna get this out. Get it out, Betsy. If somebody would have come to me and said, "Oh, um, someone had a baby, and they want they want you to take care of him for the next year and a half of his life," 
Um, how do you feel about that? I would say, oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored that you thought of me, but that's a big fat no. I can't, I can't do that. But that's not what happened. Somebody said, she signed him over to you, and in a couple of weeks, um, she's going to be able to take him. So we thought we were doing this for two weeks, and then we were doing it for a month, and then we were doing it for three months, and now we're four and a half months in, and it looks like we're going to have him possibly for another year. So I think that's how God works, too, is that you say yes for the moment, and there's other plan, there's a bigger plan there. And then we just figure it out. Because if if they would have said, you know, or the next five years or 10 years, I would have been like, there is no way that we can do this. And it is yet to be seen when he grows into a young lad and then an adult. It yet it it remains to be seen who he'll be. I have my my. I mean, my mode of operati uh, is... Operinda. Operati. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the sound man that time said, uh, he said operati, but look it up. I'll check it out. Oh, boy. Modus operandi. No, I think it's operati, but we'll (laughs) I never heard of operati. (laughs) Well, (laughs) if you go to the opera, (laughs) just some kind of... That's funny. Uh, well, I mean, y'all get how to butcher the English language and get away with well, it. Let me stick to what I know. If you read in Put Acts, it modus operandi, so did you mean modus operandi? <laughs> huh. Okay, I was wrong. It's got an end. There's an end. That's that in two it. to four percent uh, memory. <laughs> so look, from one man. You know, in Paul's sermon, Acts 17, we read this a lot. But he made every nation of men that they should have it, the whole earth. Well, this next phrase says he determines this the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. So my view on it is God creates life. I mean, this was on purpose for a purpose. Yep. And he determines the exact time for them and the exact place where they should live. God did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him, you know, we're his offspring. But in the next chapter, when when Paul was in Corinth and persecution arose, you know, I'm combining these two facts, I'm taking it out of context, but when he saw, when the Lord spoke to him in a vision, it says, I have many people in this city. And so when you combine those two things, you know, from the situation we're in now, you see why we're doing this. Mm. I believe that everyone is created in the image of God. And I believe God has people in each city that are there to represent him. And so that, that was kind of, uh, that was just kind of my thought process. That's interesting. Let's take our last break. It's interesting, Jace, because not only in, in a, you think about that in a birth situation, but what about a new birth? Because when Paul, finally submitted to Christ on the road to Damascus when he was struck down, where'd he go? Well, God had a guy. God had a guy waiting on him. And so there he was. I mean, it's really difficult to, well, I struggle with taking care of this baby or and watching it like suck the energy out of Missy. I mean, because it is extremely exhausting. But with, without any uh, clarity as to future, it's, it's very uh, difficult to... Yeah, because you don't have manage, an end date. Manage right. that. And right. so people who have helped us, they struggle with that too. And I was like, oh, I guess that's the deal with this. This is this is the reason this is difficult. So I just decided one day, I think I announced it to you. I just said, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not gonna worry about it. Uh, we're, And really what helped me was when we were in Hebrews and it said, you know, today, as long as it's called today. Yep. And I thought, yeah, that's the way I'm going to approach this situation. Uh, today, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to protect this kid and I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. I'm going to just, you know, that's why we pour love and we pray over him and we sing, you know, spiritual songs to him. And, and I can tell he's happy. I mean, he's, he's, he's enjoying it. And, uh, he's on a schedule. I mean, he sleeps all night. He's, he's just in a nice, safe environment, but it, and, you know, I don't think you should allow yourself to venture past that or you start getting, anxious, worried. Well, that's the hard part. That's the hard hard. part, I think, for a mom, a female, 
um, because we are made different. And I want to I want to provide all of the things that I wanted to for my children. I want the cute clothes and I want I want his room to be good, you know, and fun and sweet. But then I think that's just dumb. I, I don't need to make him a nursery. What if we don't have him tomorrow? That would be a waste of time. And so I, I go back and forth and back and forth and even emotionally. So it took me a couple of days, you know, even after we first got him, I thought, I'm not going to get attached to this baby because I'm not going to have him very long. Yeah, I said the same you know, thing. I think it's normal. But, but then I'm like, I can't help it. He's just too adorable. I'm kissing all over him and I'm singing to him and I'm rocking to him because he's just precious. And so I still, here we are at four and a half months, I'm still, you know, kind of battling like how close do I get to him and how do I not because we've bonded. There's no doubt about it. He looks to me from across the room when he hears my voice. He's looking for me. And so... What helped me was when when Jace and I got to the privilege to go to Pebble Beach a few weeks ago with some friends, Shannon, she just went through her, her counseling, got her counseling degree. And so I was like, let me just throw these things at you, like from where, from my perspective, like, am I doing things, what, what am I doing right and wrong? And I told her some things and she said, because I said, I'm so scared that he's going to bond with me and then whatever happens to his future, he's going to be ripped from me and that's going to tear him apart. I can handle it because I'm prepared for it. He's not prepared for it. And she said this, which was so eye-opening and it just relaxed me so much when she said, he cannot transfer what he does not have. Mm. So if he does not know what love is, if he does not know what a bond is with a mother, he cannot transfer that. And But he can transfer what he does have. So bond with him, saying to him, it's already happened. He will be able to be healthy and transfer that to his mother or a, another mother when that time comes and if that's supposed to happen. And that relaxed me so much, like I'm doing what I need to be doing for him. That's really rich. I, and it made me think about because on the next podcast, <clears throat> we're in Hebrews chapter 6, and there's a segment there where uh, the Hebrew writer brings Abraham back up, you know, talking about the context we were talking about. And he said something really interesting. He said, while he waited patiently for the promises of God, talking about Abraham. And it took me back to, you know, when God called him out in Hebrews 12, it was 25 years later before he even knew where he was supposed to go for real. I mean, so it was that long, 25 years because uh, he said, I'm going to send you to a place and I'll tell you when you get there. And Abraham trusted him. And so I well, think about that. talking about patience. That's what I'm saying. And I, I hear you guys talking about that. And then in, in, in its own microcosm is what you're experiencing. You took a leap of faith and now you're waiting patiently for God to do what he's going to do in the situation. So, I mean, that well, says that's what it is. It's well, like, and they've medically, it's, you know, proven by how your brains develop. I forgot all the details and all that, but I I remember that one to one to three months, the first three months, uh, something the importance of that. I remember that when we were learning that about how the brain forms and all. Oh, with Casey. That's what Ben. Yeah. That's what Ben was talking about the other day. Yeah. So when I looked at that though, and I I don't remember the exact. There's I know that it's very those young. first few months is pretty critical. So. I mean, you don't think they're like, well, he's he he won't remember anything, and he won't. You know, you're keeping the kid safe. Yeah, and and uh, well, develop you know, on a schedule. Well, there's a, there's a lot of formation. There's a yeah. lot of formation going on in those early times. I love it. That's that's a uh, brilliant though that you can't transfer what you don't have. And because we've thought about, I mean, I think anyone that gets into foster care of any sort, you those are the fears, right? And and mm -hmm. like you said, it's not even for your own self. I mean, you're like, I'm an adult, I can deal with this, but mm -hmm. to think about. Uh, a young child, you know, having that type of separation. And I just tell Jill, like, God redeems, he can redeem all situations and whatever's, whatever happens that this time that we have with the, with the child is we have to trust that, that, that God's doing something and the, and the kid will be better off. But when you said that, I was thinking about my own life and we went through, um, my family went through some a little bit of trauma a few years ago with some relationships with close friends that mm -hmm. uh, I'll spare you the details of the story, but it was very, very painful for us. And so when once we came out of that, um, that whole dynamic, I was like, man, I'm not getting back into like those kind of, like, I'm not getting into friendship again. 
because I was hurt. <laughs> and um, now God has healed that and we have developed a really good community here. But but um, imagine if, if you didn't even have a context at all for any healthy friendship. I mean, there would be a wall up that you, I mean, so I think what what you're offering when you're in, like even in these young, these young kids is you're offering a foundation, something there that they can not just transfer, but even if it's bad, when they go somewhere else, at least there's something there for them to hang on to and to go back to a, a reference point of what connect, real connection and intimacy and love looks like. And that's kind of how Jill and I and our family tries to approach it, you know, as well. Yes. I think that that's a very, um, it's very important to me. I've held on to that. It's helped me. I know that Jace has witnessed. I've had a couple of meltdowns just because, um, <laughs> Because it is very emotional. I don't mind saying it because I get, I am exhausted. I'm yeah. exhausted. And then when I look and I don't have any, any sense of what the future does look like. And I think I'm too old for this. I can't do this. You know, I, I, it all comes tumbling down. And one night, Jace, I'm going to tell the story because of what um, Mamma Shack said, because we were telling this the next night um, to Mamma Shack down the street. We were strolling him and, and I said, yeah, I had a melt, a little bit of a meltdown last night. Yeah, just, I was shocked because they had their whole family there, and so it was like twenty people. It was it was like Mamma Joe and yeah, yeah. and her brother and his wife, and I think Chris and Johnny were there, and and we were just kind of telling. Them, I said, I know, I just I just got emotional last night, thinking I just can't do this, you know. And Jace was trying to encourage me, and he said, just think about Mary, just think about Mary raising Jesus. I mean, she was pregnant, she wasn't married, you know, she was young, and I and I looked at him and I was like, you're comparing me to Mary? And I said, I am not raising the Savior of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it just kind of came that. out like that. And Mem- I was telling Memal Joe that, and Jace was in there that night, and Memal Joe looked at Jace and she said, Jason, you did not say that to her. <laughs> and I said, yes, ma'am, he did. And she said, did you throw something at him? And I just thought that was like, she's 90. Yeah. You know, she put You're her hand up, on her hip, you know. <laughs> she is a sharp 90. Though. She, she is, is very sharp. sharp. I think I had a pretty good point there. <laughs> well, apparently, apparently it thudded with the lady. Yeah. All right, so we're out of time. Uh, Missy, it's always a pleasure to have you on Unashamed, to, mainly just to make Jason uncomfortable. Um, Sorry, but uh, a couple of things I didn't get to, I want to talk about in the, uh, in the overtime. One is about the new show. I want to get your take on it. Uh, and, uh, and something we talked about marriage recently, I want to ask you about as well. So blaze tv.com slash unashamed. If you want to catch the rest of our segment with Missy, we'll see marriage you in the overtime. Marriage tips, babe. Mm-hmm. Are we going there? We're going. There. I don't know. Thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.